Back to Basics, The Universal Protocol, by Lisa Spruce. Abstract. Wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgeries continue to occur in the United States. Perioperative team members must uphold patient safety as a top priority and implement safety measures to prevent these surgical errors. One such safety measure is the universal protocol, consisting of a pre-procedure verification, site marking, timeout, and implementation of which is required by the Joint Commission and other regulatory bodies. This Back to Basics article describes the components of the universal protocol and some evidence-based strategies to implement in its practice. Patients come to healthcare providers for help, to improve their health, and to find answers to their health-related questions. Patients come to the OR expecting to improve their health, to correct defects, to receive a diagnosis, to improve their quality of life or to ease their pain. They expect to emerge from surgery with those expectations met. They do not expect to emerge from surgery to discover that the surgical team performed the wrong procedure or performed the procedure on the wrong site or side of their body. Nevertheless, wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgical events continue to occur and it is the responsibility of every healthcare worker and perioperative team member to prevent these potentially devastating and deadly events. Consider the following scenario as an example of how these events can occur and affect patients. A 45-year-old female patient, LT, is admitted to an outpatient surgery center to have a breast mass removed for biopsy. The surgeon marks the correct breast, and the surgical team correctly identifies the patient preoperatively. However, the surgical team fails to perform a timeout before beginning the procedure and does not confirm that the imaging displayed in the OR is for the correct patient or that it is relevant to the location of the patient's breast mast. After LT awakes in the post-anesthesia care unit, she immediately sees her surgical dressing, calls the nurse over, and says, This is not where my mass is. I know exactly where it is. I can feel it. Although this was not a wrong side, wrong procedure, or wrong person surgery, the surgeon removed breast tissue from the wrong location in the breast. Although LT is not permanently injured and does not experience long-term consequences from this mistake, she must undergo another procedure to have the correct tissue removed, and she loses faith in the healthcare system and in the surgical team. Additionally, the staff members involved in the procedure are formally disciplined and the facility receives bad publicity and is investigated for compliance with accreditation standards. This scenario illustrates the importance of implementing a comprehensive, evidence-based approach to prevent these types of events from occurring. In response to the continued incidence of wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgery in the United States, in 2004, the Joint Commission enacted the Universal Protocol for all of their accredited hospitals outpatient surgery centers, and office-based surgery centers. One component of the universal protocol is the requirement for surgical team members to perform a timeout before beginning the procedure, which the surgical team did not complete in the scenario. Wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgery is considered a sentinel event, which is an event that results in either death, permanent harm, or severe temporary harm an intervention required to sustain life. Reporting sentinel events to the Joint Commission is voluntary, so data on their occurrence represent only a small proportion of the actual events that occur. 
there were 35 incidents of wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgery reported to the Joint Commission as of the second quarter of 2017. There were 104 reported incidents of wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgery in 2016, and 120 reported incidents in 2015, making it the second most frequently reported sentinel event for two consecutive years. Both years it was preceded by incidents of unintended foreign body retention. How-to guide Use of the universal protocol is recommended by the World Health Organization in their guidelines for safe surgery and the components of the universal protocol are detailed in the Joint Commission's National Patient Safety Goals. The universal protocol is based on the fact that wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgery can and does happen and must be prevented. When patients undergo deep sedation or general anesthesia, they are at an increased risk for injury because they cannot participate in their own care or ensure their own safety. Perioperative team members should follow the universal protocol for all non-surgical and surgical invasive procedures and complete each of its components, pre-procedure verification, site marking, and timeout. Pre-procedure verification. The universal protocol specifies that healthcare providers at individual facilities can define the frequency and scope of the pre-procedure verification process, depending on the type of procedure and its complexity. This process should be ongoing to ensure that the perioperative team is gathering and confirming critical patient information. The purpose of the pre-procedure verification process is to ensure that all equipment, documents, and other essential information are available before the procedure begins, identified, matched, and labeled correctly with the patient's identifiers, and reviewed by the team and consistent with the patient's expectations and the team's understanding of the intended site, procedure, and patient. The healthcare organization must determine when this information is collected and by whom, but it is best to involve the patient in the process. The information may be collected and verified at multiple points before the procedure, including when the procedure is scheduled, during pre-admission testing and assessment, when the patient is admitted to the facility, and in the preoperative area before the patient enters the operating or procedure room. The elements of performance of the pre-procedure verification process are as follows. Implement a process to confirm the correct procedure, patient, and site. Identify the items that must be available for the surgery or procedure and use a standardized process to verify item availability and match the available items to the patient. The items that the surgical team should confirm are ready and available during the pre-procedure verification include, at a minimum, documentation relevant to the surgery or procedure, for example, history and physical, surgical and anesthesia consent forms, pre-anesthesia assessment, proper display of labeled diagnostic and radiology test results, for example, biopsy reports, radiology images, and required implants, devices, blood products, and special equipment that are necessary to perform the procedure. Site marking. The second component of the universal protocol requires the individual who knows the most about the patient, that is, the licensed independent practitioner who will be present during the procedure, to mark the patient's procedure site. 
The facility's policy should specify the location and timing of the site marking, and the healthcare providers who create this policy should consider the facility's safety culture when designing the process. For example, it may be necessary for some facilities to be more prescriptive regarding certain elements or to add their own processes for compliance. Site marking is not required if the individual who is performing the surgery or procedure is continuously with a patient from the decision to perform the procedure until the performance of the procedure. The elements of performance for site marking are as follows. Identify the procedures that will require a marking of the insertion or incision site. Mark the procedure site before performing the procedure and involve the patient if possible. Ensure that the procedure site is marked by a licensed independent practitioner who is accountable and will be present when the procedure is performed. Ensure that site marking protocol is consistent and unambiguous throughout the facility and use an alternative written process for patients who refuse site marking or when it is anatomically or technically impossible or impractical to mark the site. For example, mucosal surfaces, perineum, teeth, minimal access procedures involving a lateralized internal organ, premature infants for whom marking may cause a permanent tattoo. When determining which procedures require a marked incision site to create a facility policy, clinicians should remember that at a minimum, sites should be marked when there is more than one possible location for the procedure. For spinal procedures, in addition to marking the skin, the surgical team may use intraoperative imaging techniques to determine the exact vertebral level. The mark should be made at or near the procedure site and be sufficiently permanent to be visible after surgical skin antisepsis and draping. Adhesive markers should not be the sole means for surgical site marking, even if they are permitted by the facility. There are limited circumstances that facility leaders should define in the facility's policy when a site marking may be delegated to an individual other than the licensed independent practitioner who will be present during the procedure. A delegate permitted to perform this task must be a medical postgraduate resident who is being supervised by the licensed independent practitioner performing the procedure, is familiar with the patient, and will be present during the surgery or procedure, or a licensed staff member who has a collaborative or supervisory agreement with a licensed independent practitioner performing the procedure, is familiar with the patient, and will be present during the surgery or procedure. For example, an advanced practice RN or physician assistant. Timeout. The last element of the universal protocol is to conduct a timeout before the procedure begins. The purpose of the timeout is to perform a final check to ensure that the correct patient, correct site, and correct procedure are identified. During a timeout, the entire surgical team should stop all activities so that the team can focus on the performance of the timeout. Some facilities may require the team to perform a timeout before anesthesia induction or sedation so that the patient may be involved. This type of timeout may be performed on its own or in addition to another timeout performed immediately before the incision is made. The facility should designate a member of the team to initiate the timeout and the rest of the surgical team should engage in the timeout process. The procedure should not begin until all concerns and questions have been resolved. Timeout should be conducted in the same manner throughout the facility, that is, 
standardized across all procedural areas, to be most effective. The elements of performance for a timeout include a standardized process defined by the facility that is initiated by a designated team member and involves all members of the perioperative team, conducting the timeout immediately before the procedure begins or before making the incision, conducting a timeout before each separate procedure if two or more procedures are being performed on the same patient and the team member who is performing the additional procedure is different. At a minimum, agreement between all team members that the correct patient is undergoing the correct procedure at the correct surgical site, and documenting that the surgical team completed the timeout as determined by the facility. That is, the facility determines the amount and type of documentation. The participating team members should include the individual performing the procedure, the anesthesia care provider, RN circulator, scrub person or surgical technologist, and any other active team members who will be participating in the procedure from the beginning. For example, physician assistant. Benefit. The universal protocol is an important and useful tool to reduce the incidence of wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person surgeries. It is critical to protect patients and prevent these potentially devastating events from occurring. Sahiri and others identify the preoperative period, that is, when the verification and timeout are conducted, as a time when the surgical team can recognize and correct mistakes before they reach the patient. The researchers emphasized that the timeout process can be vulnerable to human error, for example, inaccurate or missing information, or lack full team participation. Additionally, even when timeouts are executed properly, a wrong site surgery can still occur. Team members must be fully engaged participants in the timeout process so that the team can identify the patient, the procedure, and that all relevant aspects of the procedure or surgery are ready and correct. For example, antibiotics, venous thromboembolism prophylaxis. Implementation of processes such as the universal protocol with full participation and engagement of all members of the perioperative team is essential for the prevention of critical patient safety events. Strategies for success. A facility's approach to implementing the universal protocol should be robust and employ multiple evidence-based strategies to promote the goal of always performing the correct procedure at the correct site on the correct person. All perioperative team members should be actively involved and engaged in the process and use effective methods of team communication Patients and patients' families should be involved when possible. Facilities should standardize the methods by which team members use the universal protocol and include this process in the organization's policy. For example, identify the timing and location to perform the pre-procedure verification and site marking based on the organization's own unique circumstances, needs, and patient population. According to the Joint Commission, healthcare organizations that make patient safety a priority and promote teamwork and in which perioperative team members are encouraged and empowered to speak up to protect patients, are the most successful at implementing the universal protocol. Although some studies have demonstrated a decrease in the incidence of wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person events after implementing universal protocol, these events still occur. Paul and others reviewed the database of the Veterans Affairs National Center for Patient Safety 
to determine the root cause of all procedures involving a wrong site surgery between 2004 and 2013 to determine the frequency and characteristics of these events. The authors analyzed 308 events that occurred before and after the surgical team completed the universal protocol. 29 out of 48 wrong surgery incidents occurred during intraocular implant surgeries, spinal procedures, prostatectomies, and excisions of malignant skin lesions. The procedures that resulted in harm to the patient were wrong-side orchiectomy, wrong-site patient prostatectomy, and wrong-level neurosurgery. The root causes identified related to the events that occurred before performance of the universal protocol included mislabeling of radiographs and preoperative specimens and transposing pathology reports. Errors that occurred after performance of the universal protocol were wrong-level spine localization errors, intraoperative errors in diagnosing, and other intraoperative localization errors. The authors of this study recognized the value of the universal protocol, but also saw the need to expand the patient safety net. They offered the following strategies. Verifying the correct level of surgery, for example, rib, vertebrae, using radiographic imaging. Creating a standardized protocol to mark the correct skin lesion using preoperative photographs and verification of these photographs during the timeout process in addition to the site marking. Standardizing the process for equipment calibration, performing measurements for implants during eye surgery, and creating a policy for preparation and transmission of lens implant calculations. Clearing any labels and paperwork from any previous patient from the clinical area to prevent specimen mislabeling. Investing in technology to positively identify patients and specimens, for example, barcoding. Another strategy to promote effective use of the universal protocol and to potentially decrease surgical errors is to use a surgical checklist. Surgical checklists lay out the tasks that the surgical team must complete before, during, and after surgery to help keep patients safe and generally include the components of the universal protocol. Examples that perioperative teams may consider using include the World Health Organization Surgical Safety Checklist and AORN's Comprehensive Surgical Checklist which incorporates recommendations from the World Health Organization and the Joint Commission's Universal Protocol. Surgical checklists have been associated with improved detection of safety hazards, decreased surgical complications, improved communication, and decreased morbidity and mortality. Wrap-up. Wrong site, wrong procedure, and wrong person events can and do happen. The first step toward prevention is for every perioperative team member to acknowledge that these events could happen. The perioperative team then must remain vigilant to prevent these events. By using the universal protocol and other tools, for example, surgical checklists, perioperative team members may decrease the potential for errors that could lead to a wrong site surgery. Every perioperative team member is responsible for keeping patients safe and preventing events that harm patients. In addition to performing the universal protocol, Team members can recognize risk to patient safety, speak up, and question what is occurring when necessary. It is important to engage in meaningful communication about the patient and the procedure during the timeout. These elements combined with the universal protocol may help to keep patients safe from harm.